Welcome to the Bloomprint Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Sangarides, but you, my friend, can call me Elle. I'm a wedding and event florist, multi six-figure business owner, and floral mentor here to help you create an elegant, efficient, and effective floral business you can absolutely love. If you're looking to take your floristry business to six figures and beyond, to create a business that works around your life and start living and working with purpose, my love, welcome. Let this be your blueprint. Hello, my loves. I hope you're having a fabulous week. Now, by the time you hear this, I will be, pause for dramatic effect, in Bali. That's right. If you are a long-time listener, you'll know that I booked myself in for a business retreat in Bali and I'm going to be having five whole days to myself to work on my business and just be me, me the human, me the business owner, without being mum or wife or cook or bagpacker or bum wiper or any other thing. (laughs) And God, it feels like a luxury. So you better believe I'm going to be sharing a whole lot of content about this very, very soon. I'll be recording next week's episode from my hotel room and I could not be more excited to have allowed myself this opportunity. But this week, I want to talk about all the things we should ourselves into as florists and the reasons why you shouldn't do that. For instance, it's Valentine's Day next week, busiest day of the year for the floral community, great money-making opportunity and marketing opportunity, and you know what? I have completely opted out. That's right. I run a multi-six-figure floristry business, and I don't do Valentine's Day. Don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against Valentine's Day. My husband and I aren't big V-Day celebrators, if I'm honest. It's always, look, it's always felt a little bit ick to me personally. Um, Last year, we introduced it as a family day. My daughter calls it love day or family love day. And that was kind of cute. I think we might continue (laughs) that tradition, but I digress. My reason for not doing Valentine's Day flowers isn't because the day gives me the ick. It's because I don't want to. Simple as that. I don't want to. When I first started out as a florist, I was everywhere and I thought I needed to do everything. I did weddings, I did flower crowns, I did workshops, I did a market stall on the weekends, I did one-off orders, I did hen's party workshops, I did all of it. All from my tiny, tiny, tiny apartment, mind you with a full-time day job to boot. And I made those decisions based on wanting to practice and gaining exposure, and I don't regret that because it helped me get where I am now. And for a few years, I did do Valentine's Day. I did limited orders to limited groups of people, all while I had a day job, mind you, which made it incredibly stressful at the time. One year I had to work on Valentine's Day in my old corporate day job, So I had my sister who was on maternity leave at the time and her husband who was on his off swing from FIFO driving around town doing the deliveries I'd made the night before. Another year, my husband and I did it together on Valentine's Day and drove around town doing all the deliveries. 
one year, I completely overordered, thinking I was going to get more orders than I actually did. And I was left with all of these roses that I just couldn't do anything with because I didn't have a shop or regular orders to use them on. Another year, I was at the wholesaler three times getting more stuff because I had extra orders come in and needed to try and fill them somehow with something that resembled the color. But my business was never really set up for regular orders. And so I never gained a great deal of business from doing Valentine's Day. And that's because I operated predominantly in the wedding and event space because I liked that work and that's the work I wanted to do, but because it also worked conveniently around my nine to five Monday to Friday day job when I first started, right? I was not set up to be doing things during the week. I was set up to be doing things on the weekend and outside of my general business hours. And I remember seeing a beautiful florist, um, Alicia from Bohemian Flower Collective, post either on her page or on her stories, and this is a few years ago, like maybe five years ago, maybe more. Um, I remember her posting saying, I'm an event florist, I don't do V-Day. And I was like, oh, that's an option. Other people don't do V-Day. And just her planting that seed, I think she'd said that she was, you know, going to be working for one of the other florists in town to help out um, on Valentine's Day instead. And I have offered myself to do that as well on occasion. So you don't have to do Valentine's Day if you don't want to, right? But having somebody just plant the seed that you don't have to do it is sometimes all you need to give yourself permission to think about what you actually do want to do. I remember when I first started my floristry business and people, when they found out that I was a florist, would say, oh, so where's your shop? And I'd have to explain that I was a wedding and event florist, so I didn't have a shop. I worked from home, actually. And the look of confusion was palpable. (laughs) Most people didn't know where to go from there. I mean, if I'd said Oxford Street instead, look, who knows? They might not have known where to go from there either. But sometimes I still get that question. And now I say I have a studio in Bassendine. And sometimes the conversation goes further. And sometimes that's all they've got. So these days, I don't do Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, except for special requests. I don't have a shop. I don't do weekly deliveries or daily deliveries. And I don't do add-ons like champagne or chocolates because that's simply not how my business model works. If you are feeling totally inspired and want more of this sort of strategy in your floral business for 2024, I have the perfect course for you. The Wedding Blueprint course is designed to elevate your floristry business from the inside out. Sign up today to dive into an absolute treasure trove of know-how, tools, and templates that will set you on the path to creating a banging blooming business, including a deeper dive into sales and marketing, setting up systems and processes, nailing your consultations and quotes, getting clear on your goals and business foundations, defining your pricing and positioning, and all the legalities to cover your butt. The Wedding Blueprint course could not be more stacked with value. Hit up the show notes to enroll today and take advantage of the payment plans available. My point is you get to choose what your floristry business looks like, and there are so many ways to do it. 
you might decide that having a beautiful shop is exactly what you want, that you thrive off the energy of the customers that walk in and getting to create something beautiful for them to wander out with and give to someone special to them. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I can absolutely see how that would give you, um, you know, that internal feeling of having done something really special. I get that from weddings. You might be online orders only, no shop front, just deliveries. You might have a warehouse space or a garage space in your house and you might do all of your work from there. You might be dried flowers only. You might have a shop and also do weddings and flowers for local businesses. You might do hotel flowers only. You might be a wedding and event florist like me. (laughs) You might be a wedding and event florist who also does hotel work. You might do corporate events and hotels and no weddings. Not going to lie, it's a really smart choice. You might have your own property with a flower garden and an accompanying store where people can buy your own homegrown floral arrangements. You might do a market stall on the weekends and wholesale bunches to gift and homeware stores around your city. Or you might be any other combination of these. And you know what? You can actually get even more granular than that, even more specific, even more niche than this. You might be a wedding and event florist that focuses on micro weddings and elopements. I've got a florist friend who doesn't do bouquets and buttonholes at the moment. So she focuses on private and corporate events, birthdays, baby showers, company celebrations and dinners. Or the other end of that spectrum, you might be a wedding and event florist who only does weddings over $10,000. You could be a florist that only uses locally grown seasonal flowers. You could be a florist that has a blanket rule against certain flowers. The options here are actually endless. And I hope even just by me listing out some of the ways that you can run your business gives you permission to think about it in a different way. But you get to choose what work you do and don't do. And when you get clear on the work you want and the work you don't want, that's where the magic happens because suddenly you're not in lack mentality thinking you should be, should be, should be, should be, should be. You're not seeing what other florists are advertising and feeling like you need to jump on that bandwagon. You're just focused, focused on what you want. And when you're focused, that's where your energy goes into promoting that, into curating that vision and into attracting those clients that fit your business direction. There is power in diversity and multiple revenue streams, and there's also power in knuckling down on your niche. So you get to choose that. I know for our business, for Maple and Wren, we have some diversity in it, but my main focus is weddings and corporate events. This year, we're branching into some other avenues as well, and I can't wait to share where that goes when I've got more to share on it. And then we've got a whole other business in the Floral Art Academy, which like that used to be kind of melded into Maple and Wren. 
I used to do um, workshops. I started doing workshops really early on in the Maple and Wren business and I loved them. I loved being able to show people that it wasn't rocket science. I loved being able to show people how beautifully cathartic it is to work with flowers. Um, And I loved being able to stand in front of a group of people, hand them a beautiful array of ingredients and see how different the pieces that they would create would be. You'd look around the room and there would be 20 completely different floral arrangements. And it just showed how amazing everybody's talent is, how amazing their brains work. And I loved doing that. But when the workshop side of things was melded into the wedding and event business, that's where it was messy and muddy because it wasn't aligned and the audiences for the wedding business were different to the workshop business. And then I realized it actually needed to be an academy. It needed to be its own thing. And I also realized that I wanted to do something a bit more in the floral education space that was bigger than a weekend workshop. And man, am I glad that I did because seeing your successes, my clients' successes, and of course, like all of our course participants' successes, seeing them improve over time seeing the changes in their businesses, that lights me up beyond belief. But the key is that I know where my focus needs to be and what we need to be promoting each month. And I'm not clouded by what other florists are doing because I know that their business models and their visions and the things that they love in floristry are different to mine. I don't do Valentine's Day anymore. And I'm pretty freaking chuffed with that choice. (laughs) I do, however, coach florists on how to get their systems and floral orders and staffing set up to have their most epic Valentine's Day ever. And that's pretty bloody amazing. If you don't want to do Valentine's Day, don't do it. Don't think about the money you will or won't make because of that decision. Focus on your goals and the money you won't make by doing that, if you let your focus slide into other avenues. I'm going to say that again for you. Focus on your goals and think about the money you won't make working towards your goals if you let your focus slide into other avenues. Really think about the kind of work that you want to do, the way you want your business to run, and what products and services you want to offer. There's no right or wrong way to run a floristry business anymore. Gone are the days where you had a store and you did the weddings in your local area and Jill down the road ordered flowers for the local church and Chris who runs the local real estate agent got a fresh bunch for the office every week. Floristry is a really diverse industry. It's not just about retail, nor is it just about events. So get clear on what you want and where your floral genius lies and focus on that. My love, as always, thanks for tuning into the Blueprint today. If you found this episode useful, please share it with your flower friends, share it in your stories and give us a tag at maple and wren underscore floral art academy and connect with us for more juicy content. If you're loving the podcast, we would love it if you could go and leave us a five-star review so we can get this awesome content out to more floral folk and business owners all around the world. 
Thanks for your time, my love. We'll see you next week for more of The Blueprint. <laughs>